Good afternoon, and welcome to the Be Not Afraid cast. As always, your host, Stephen. I'm joined by John, and Sean will be joining us shortly. John, how are you doing tonight? Good, how are you? All right. Um, so we left off uh, leading into Matthew 12 uh, and discussing the gospel according to Matthew. Um now, so let's start off with what Matthew 12 really begins with. Now, the first story is Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath, talking about uh, Jesus going through the grain fields on the, on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck the grain to eat. But when the Pharisees saw, saw it, they said to him, look your, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath, he said to them. Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were and those who were with him how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence which it was not lawful for him to eat nor those who were with him but only for the priests or have you not read the law on the, the law how on the sabbath the priests in the temple profane the sabbath and are guiltless i tell you there are i tell you something greater then the temple is here, and you have known what it what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not you would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. You know, talking about how you know Jesus, the Son of God, is you know the Lord of our day and the Lord of our life. Um, now the Son of Man. You know, obviously the Son of God is there on God's day and is there to be the Lord of God's day as he is the Lord himself. Yeah, I think it also says something like, um, it kind of reminds me of the time like he healed on the Sabbath. It's like, just because it's the Sabbath doesn't mean you have to stop like common sense stuff, right? Like if someone's dying or something, you have to help them. If you're hungry, you obviously have to eat if you don't have anything really available. And it's not like the law of the intent is more like the personal reflection. Um, I remember I did with my college group, we did like this Bible study kind of thing. It was uh, called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And one of the things we discussed was like the Sabbath and how, yes, we had like the laws then. And to some extent, we do have some of them now for the Sabbath. But it's more that time of reflection and Find, trying to find peace with God at least one time a week. Right. The Yes, Jesus is basically there saying, you know, the Sabbath isn't a day to forget, or forget your life, but instead to focus yourself closer to God and closer to the Father and closer to Him, for He is the Lord of the Sabbath. You know, you do, or the Sabbath is His day. Why should you not do what he would desire of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we go into, um, immediately following, we go into a story about a man with a withered hand. Now, entering the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. Exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Healing on the Sabbath, you know. So they, you know, they... Or a man was there with a withered hand, and they asked him, "Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath?" Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. You know, the that's the Pharisees talking. You know, saying like, "Oh, is it lawful, lawful for you to heal on the Sabbath?" And he respond, he responds to them, 
Which one of you who has sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value is man than sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out and it was restored, healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went on and conspired against him how to destroy him. You know, he, you know, I mean, to put it bluntly, you know, the Pharisees were trying to call him out on healing on the Sabbath. And he was like, you guys would do the same thing to a sheep. Why is this man less than a sheep? Uh, how much more is a man's life worth than that of some sheep? And and the Pharisees, you know, obviously, you know, not liking what Jesus does because that's just who they are, uh, got angry that they called him or that he called them out at doing the exact same thing, but to a lesser being. Yeah, I think it's something too about like religiousness over like understanding God's relationship because they were so strict about the Sabbath that they became hypocrites. They would do one thing, but like not think about helping those more worth it. Right. Like obviously you want to save your livestock and your property, but like you want to help another human. It's not lawful to heal on the Sabbath, but it's lawful to help your animal. That is true. That is, yes, that is in the scripture, but why is it, against the law to heal your fellow man like really think about it yeah uh, you know, and it uh immediately following jesus you know jesus was aware of what the pharisees were conspiring or that the pharisees were conspiring against him so he withdrew from there and many followed him and he healed them all and ordered them not to make him well known this was to fulfill what was spoken of the prophet Isaiah. Behold, my servant, who I, whom I have chosen, my, belo- my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not quench. Until he brings justice to victory, and in his name, the Gentiles will hope. Now, I mean, that that is the spirit of Christianity there. Do good without making it well known, you know. At the end of the day, our, jo- our job on earth isn't to become world famous because of the good things we do, but to do what we can and not or keep a humble heart. Yeah. Uh, it you know it's our goal to be humble in the face of God and not to be proud and uh, try to use our good to for benefit, but rather to be humble and to be quiet away in the face in the face of God and the face of our fellow man, so that we do not put ourselves above God or put other men above God. I mean, pride is what got Lucifer kicked out of heaven. His pride over his, his existence compared to man is what got Lucifer or Satan kicked out of heaven. You know, we wow. shouldn't, I'm sorry. No, sorry. Oh yeah. 
Oh, I'm not reading. This isn't in Matthew. Um, I forget where the fall of Lucifer is mentioned. Give me one second to find that real quick. Um, this was just now you're reading like Matthew 15, right? Oh, uh, this is we're still in Matthew 12. Uh, I just got to Matthew 21. Or Matthew twelve twenty one. Sorry, I just want to make sure. I think the other thing that was important to say too was that he was also gentle, right? So like he kind of like the part in the Bible where it talks about uh, heaping coals on someone's head. He had this like quiet resist, not resistance. That's too political, but like this quiet kind of message. It says he will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. I mean, we know that he was loud because, like, he wept to the point that he started bleeding. We know that he yelled, oh, my God, my God, why are you forsaking me? But, like, when it came to his actual message, he tried to just speak it as a conversation, not necessarily yell someone down or yell down his message. Right. The Yes, the message of Christ was to be heard by those who cared to listen. It wasn't to okay. be heard by all, but only those who wanted to know him. But even then, he still like spake it because says, uh, verse 20, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench until he brings justice to victory. Right. You know, uh, Christ is there to be a gentle man and a caring man and to be an example to the Gentiles, you know, in and in his name, the Gentiles will hope. And it's really there, you know, do not hurt. And he ordered them not to make him known. His no, yeah. nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. You know, it's a message to be humble, like our our Lord Christ was. And um, that verse with Lu of Lucifer's fall is Isaiah fourteen twenty seven. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it was. It's a message we should not be proud. We should not have such pride in ourselves. We should be humble in the face of God. Not to say, like, don't be proud of your accomplishments or whatever, but do not take that to an extreme. You know, there's a difference between a good pride and a bad pride, you know? Yeah. I think, like, in this case, it's the pride of thinking you did it all. And that you're the, right. you're the only one. Right. You know, you should be... You shouldn't... Be so humble to the point where you don't acknowledge your own accomplishment. But at the same time, you should not be prideful to the point where you're putting yourself above others. Um, and then we get into the story of a demon-possessed man, blind and mute, who was brought to Jesus. And he hit, and Jesus healed him. But the man spoke and saw, and the people were amazed. So that, and he healed him so that the people spoke and saw, or the man spoke and saw, and the people were amazed and said, "Could this be? The, can this be the son of David?" But the Pharisees heard it, and they said, "It is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this man cast out demons." Knowing there, well, welcome, Sean. Um, we're on, or we're currently. Diving into Matthew twelve twenty two. Okay. Um, where was I? 
can this be the son of David? But the Pharisees heard it. They, but when the Pharisees heard it, they said, it is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, every kingdom is divided against itself. Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. Then how will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, then by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods, unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come. Um, I find oh. it really... I'm okay. sorry, go on. No, something so something that I've heard recently about this passage that like I personally have to look more and look more. But like when I was younger, I used to think it was like literally blaspheming the spirit. That is the unforgivable sin. But like when I started reading more about it, I see like another point that it's not necessarily going out and necessarily like damning the spirit or like blaspheming against the spirit, but it's the not acceptance because in the passage the Pharisees say that he's the prince of demons, so they're not accepting the spirit. And they're instead saying that the spirit is demonic and not allowing it to, f they're not allowing the spirit to fill them and open their eyes. So, in essence, like the sin is never accepting Christ and never accepting the Holy Spirit in your life. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, trying to stay unified amongst your brothers and your sisters in the name of Christ. You know, you should not divide your. You should not divide your kingdom, the ki uh, the kingdom of the Lord, both on both His true kingdom and His personal kingdom. His or His personal kingdom being His followers should not be divided amongst themselves. There should not be hate between Christians, but love between Christians. And obviously, how can someone? enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man obviously is not Christ, you know, saying, yeah, rob people. You know, it's a metaphor that many people can understand, right? He does this a lot. He does this countless times where he'll bring up, he'll say things that seem bad, but if you look into it, it's just a metaphor and he's not actually calling it out and calling to be evil. Uh, a lot of people will take that to mean literally, and how can you follow this man if you think that? Uh, but that is blasphemy against the Son of Man, which will be forgiven. Uh, but what he is saying there is, how can you truly attempt to bring down God without taking out the Holy Spirit? And that is why the Holy, or the sin, or the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Um, not because you hurt the Holy Spirit, but because even attempting to is just unforgivable.
you guys have anything to add? No, I think you uh, pretty much hit it straight on the nail. Um, I mean, just going over it really quick, uh, the binding up of uh, the strongman, you know, it's it's just like you said, it's just a way to describe a spiritual thing to physical people. It's um, parables are used in this way and various other things are used in this way. But it's used so people can understand something that's not ununderstandable, but helps them to understand it in a much easier way than they would directly. Um, yeah, pretty much it. That's it. Um, yeah, exactly. A parable is there to explain, not to be a direct teaching. Um, yeah. I I love this uh, verse that comes up next. It's one of my favorite verses from the book of Matthew. Uh, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for tr the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure will bring brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil tree... Sorry... And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and your words will be, and by your words you will be condemned. Uh, I mean, the saying is one's action or actions speak louder than words, but words are still an action. You have to take the action to speak. Um, and to choose to say horrible things and to choose to be a horrible person is what makes you a horrible person. You know, it is, it comes down to a choice. There is no, I was just born this way. There is no, this is just how I am. You know, it comes down to a choice that you have to make. And by choosing to be an evil person, you then bring forth more evil into you, and then eventually you lose that choice to be good. Similarly, by choosing to be a good person, and by bringing forth all that good into you, you almost lose that choice to be evil. Yeah, I mean, you certainly see with the hardening of people's hearts, it's, um, the further down you go and the slope, but the further down it's hard to choose the, you know choose christ and whatnot i mean i don't know where i heard it but uh not long ago a couple months ago i was look um i was looking into people who you know just a hypothetical of those people who say oh i'll just repent when i when i'm about to die uh and just sin until that day and i, I and i don't remember what christian author was speaking on this but something that like those types of people should be terrified of is how are you going to repent when your heart is that hardened against God? When you've sinned against him your t entire life and you're thinking, oh, I'm just going to get out of this easy. I'm just going to get out of this the quick way. Uh, when in reality, you can't, you know, you can't just go through your entire life sinning and be like, oh, I'll just repent when I'm, I'm going to die and that, that'll be fine. I'll believe in Jesus when I die. One, what if you die without having the ability to do that. What if you don't die in the hospital? What if you die in like a sudden car crash? Huh? 
but how like if your heart is that hardened how is your repentance actually going to be serious if you just try to do it at the end of your life i i think that's an important thing to think about but i think something to look at also with choosing to do good is that it's a constant thing um i mean you can do good a lot but you still have that flesh nature in you you know you still have that flesh in you that wants to do bad that wants to do evil that wants to choose stuff that is contrary to the will of god that's contrary to his holy spirit um and i think that that's never gonna die until you're uh, until you are dead in heaven uh because to get rid of that you have to die it's not a simple oh god please get rid of the flesh nature but leave my physical body or whatnot because to get rid of the flesh nature, you need to get rid of the flesh. You need to get rid of the, the physical. Which sounds like some Taoist Buddhist crap, which reality it's not. It's not like saying, God's not saying, oh, get rid of all, all physical delight, get all, rid of all that stuff. No, God gives us physical delight for a reason. He gives us good food. He gives us beautiful trees. He gives us beautiful mountains, uh pretty pictures um a good a good iced tea i don't know but he gives us all these things to enjoy but a side effect of all of this is that we can indulge in the wrong things i can be a glutton but it doesn't mean th that eating food is bad i could be a drunkard doesn't mean alcohol itself is bad but i don't truly think ever that we'll be able to get rid of that flesh nature until we die just just to kind of like not go against what you said steven but right. with the with the with the stuff of like you know choosing to do good it's a consistent and, and right it is a consistent choice uh i do need to correct myself you're right there is no avoiding the flesh nature um what i meant rather was the good you do the easier it becomes to choose good and to the point where it seems wrong certainly yeah uh, to the point where it seems impossible to choose wrong. I mean, no, if yeah. you are such a good person throughout your life and you always do good, at at any point where you're given the choice between good and evil, you're going to look at evil and you're going to be like, that's not who I am in the slightest. Yeah. You still have to make the choice to be good, but it's just going to be so much easier is really what I was trying to say there. Oh, I understand that, yeah. No, that's most yeah. certainly. I mean, the the more and more you give in the christ and die the self the easier it is to do good um i certainly won't deny that um but yeah yeah i get what you mean then yeah not in, not i'm not saying that there is never the option to be evil yeah. you can always choose to be the bad person but as yeah. you become a better or do more good that evil seems further and further away gotcha I understand. isn't that the process of like sanctification at least for christian yeah. yes yeah, sanctification. It's um, I mean, it's never really done until you're <laughs> until you're dead. Yeah. Um, but it's um, but I understand what you say. Yeah, I mean, yes. there's only that starvation of the flesh in some regard. I mean, that's partially what um fasting is for. Right. I mean, you gotta you gotta starve the flesh to some point because otherwise, you know, it just grows and grows. And I mean, you 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 don't even have to the fast all the time to starve the flesh. I mean, obviously fasting either from food or drink or or hecky video games or or 
TV or whatever, right? Like, but actually fast and not just being like, oh, I won't do it. But like, I won't do this because I want to honor God. That definitely helps starve the flesh. But even just honoring God, you know, turning away from your old self, dying to self, it, it makes stuff a lot easier. Yes. But yeah. 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 <laughs> by, by the tree of... By the tree, the fruit is known. No, by the fruit, the tree is known. You know, yeah. it is what you do that people know you by, and you know the people who you hold close to you know you by your actions and your deeds, and whether or not they are good or they are evil, whether or not they care for others or care for the self, yeah. um, whether or not you truly believe the needs of the many outweigh your personal goals whether or not you truly believe you can't or whether or not you truly will make a sacrifice or be the one who's there to help whenever someone needs it and when you're thrown into that situation when you when someone needs your help if you are really willing to give up what you need to do in order to help them certainly now that is what makes you a good person by the time that you're able to do that without a second thought it seems almost impossible to be evil yeah. Because that second thought would have been, what if I just don't do it? But you don't even do that anymore. You don't even really think about evil anymore. Certainly. It is the sign of Christ in a person. It is the way that you continue on the resurrection through yourself and not through the physical embodiment of Christ. <laughs> um, yeah. I think definitely it's, um, there is definitely that tree, like, what, what fruit does this tree produce? I mean, it's, uh, not, not to stay too long on this uh, single chapter, but... Yeah, we um, are spending yeah, but quite a while. Definitely, um, people will see, like, oh, okay, is this a Christian? Like, the world will see, is this a Christian via, like, does he help people? Does he do this? Does he do that? And sometimes they have false expect expectations, but... I think really we we are held to such a higher standard by the world because they they see us as different, right? Like if a I don't know if a random guy doesn't give money to a homeless person, like oh okay, you know you expect that. But if, if you if a Christian and you know that guy is a Christian and you see him go to church every Sunday and he doesn't give money to that homeless person, you're like, what the heck? You know. Exactly. Yeah, so um, I think that's definitely um, uh, of note there. I mean, yes. I'm, just, uh, just to push us ahead a little bit so I don't keep us back here. I was going to say that horse is uh, significantly dead, so yeah. um, the moving on. Luna, yes. Uh, I think this very obvious, very easy right here. Sign of Jonah is, you know, he's in the belly for three days. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, with Jesus, obviously, heart of the earth. Now, there is some debate about this, uh, not this specific verse, but of where Jesus went after he died. Did Jesus go to hell? Did he go to Sheol? Is hell and Sheol different? Now, that's different episode, but there is the basic, the basic gist here is that Jesus, just like Jonah, is going to be gone for three days and three nights. And then after that, he's going to be back on the, on the last day. Um, so... That's basically what Jesus is trying to say here. Um, hmm. it, it, it's um, I think it's it's 
all the signs of all the things Jesus says, you know, not signs, but all, all the parables, I guess I would say is, uh, this kind of is, this is pretty obvious because who doesn't know about Jonah? Who doesn't know about Nineveh? Who doesn't know about this stuff? This is general Jewish knowledge, um, is what I would say, you know? Yes. No. But he answered them, and e- uh, this, sorry, this is just something I was reading, and I was like, yeah. hmm, this seems interesting and poignant. But he answered them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Yeah. I mean, the sign of the prophet Jonah was just, we were... The prophet Jonah became the prophet after spending three nights and three days in the belly of the great fish. Yeah. He was a blasphemer. He was a sinner. And then, you know, he was swallowed and he turned to God to say, please, just let me survive this. I don't want to die. And here we are now. I would say it's safe to say we are an evil and adulterous generation. Uh, and we're seeking for a sign. You know, what are we waiting for for our three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish? Mm-hmm. At what point will our generation realize what we're doing is, you know, we're in an evil and adulterous generation? I don't think ever. I mean, uh, I mean, you got you got to look at it from not a cynical view because cynical is definitely against Christ. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, if you were cynical, you'd be like, when's God? God's never going to help us because we're so crappy. Um, but I would say it's been the same thing for how many centuries has it been since Jesus? 20 centuries. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, 20, I suppose. Um, unless I'm doing my math wrong, but 20 centuries. It's, it's been the same thing each single century. Uh, the followers of Christ are mocked. Sometimes there's a revival. We're praying for a revival, but sometimes you just, you gotta be like, okay, Get mo- we're going to get mocked, we're going to get mocked until the, ne- the next revival, whether it be in our generation or the next generation. I hope it's in our generation. You know, I want a lot of people I know going to heaven, obviously, as any Christian should. But, man, I mean... You know, I mean, I hope, I can only hope it's our generation, but if a, a re- uh, revival does not occur in our generation, it's up to us to make sure it occurs in the next generation. No, yeah, I mean... It, it, where we definitely have to be partners with God and everything. I mean, it's him to choose when the revival is, but we need to make sure we do our job for what needs to be done because we we shouldn't be slacking. You gotta gotta build up the next. You gotta build up this generation. If it's not this generation, build up the leaders in the next generation. And regardless, you know, I mean, Sean, I'm sure you know the cycle of society, but for those of you mm-hmm. who don't know. Strong men make great times. Great times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. Hard times make strong men. Uh, it's a cycle of society. and We're in the hard times right now. I mean, face it. Look around you. Look at our society. Look at the people who cast evil upon one another. And look at the people who cast hate upon one another. And cast hate upon themselves. And do all this evil and they 
they're the reason, you know, the evils of this world are the reason we are in such suffering economically and such suffering with warfare, with violence in our streets and at home. We are in such a hard time. We can only hope the next generation will be strong. Mm -hmm. And we can only hope by making the next generation stronger than we are. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely in the end we gotta look at it as um, you just gotta pray, you know. Obviously, yes. do the uh, do the do the physical stuff we gotta do, you know, build up people in church, pray for people in church, but just pray in general, pray that God fixes this. And obviously, we know it's just gonna be a temporary fix until Jesus comes back and everything is fixed. But uh, you know, the hope is just to bring as many people to Christ as we can. I mean, that's the command. That's the absolute command right there. Um, I think, you know, kind of off topic of, you know, this, you know, adulterous generation thing. Something, you know, actually, you know what, we'll mention that in another episode. It's about Jonah. I have a, I have a bone to pick with Jonah, but... Oh, Jonah had plenty of bones to pick with. Don't worry. I, I, won't, I won't go on my Jonah rant. Um, oh, okay. I don't, think, I don't think anyone's... I've I also think that went over your head, but okay. Anyway. Oh, um, no, no, I know. I, I, I got what you mean. Don't worry. All right. Hee hee ha ha. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I have certainly a whole Jonah rant to go over, but that's not. Well, we can go over Jonah eventually. Um, yeah. But, but uh, you know, speaking of an evil and adulterous generation, well, about. Spirit. Yeah, how about an unclean spirit? When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through a waterless pace, seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will yeah. return to my house from which I came. And that, and when it comes, it finds a house empty, swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits, more evil than itself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of a person in this last state of that person is worse than the first so it will be in this evil generation mm-hmm. i mean yeah i mean i mean we're pretty <laughs> pretty clear yeah. I mean, if you yeah. just you know you gotta have something to replace what's taken out of you if you don't read your bible if you don't do that stuff if you're not praying you're gonna get you know not curmuckled. You're gonna get, uh, for lack of a better term, ambushed by the enemy. I mean, uh, I mean, you, you, seven this year, it's more than more evil than itself, and they'll just screw up the whole entire place. <laughs> I mean, yeah. callback, but it's almost like evil rats evil and good brain. And the more <laughs> evil you are, the harder it is to choose to be good. Yeah. Oh, I think I saw the horse twitch. I had to beat it again. Um, <laughs> while he was still speaking, and the people behold, his mother and his... Oh no, those aren't quotes. His mother and his brothers stood outside, asking him to speak. But when he replied to the man who told... But when he replied to the man who told him, Who is my bro- mother and who are my brothers? And stretching his hand out towards his disciples, he said... Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my father is in heaven, and is my brother and sister and mother. Mm-hmm. 
think this is a a nice verse to look at. Um, I mean, no, I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go on and on about it, but especially in the uh, Catholic view of Mary. <laughs> but I would suppose. Um, um, no, we'll go on this right now. You know what? It's a podcast. Might as well talk about stuff. Otherwise, what's I mean, the may as well. Yeah. May as well. It's a cast of pods. May as well. Pod. Pod, pod, pod. But I I think it's it's, it's interesting because you obviously have that Catholic view of Mary where it's, you know, pray to Mary, you know, you know, revere Mary to a certain extent. And I don't think... I, personally, I'm not like, oh, I hate Mary, blah, blah, blah. I think, you know, Mary, you know, birthed the savior of the world. You know, that's that's a pretty good thing. But I think revering her as the mother of Christians, and obviously I think we disagree here, Stephen. I yes, think I, I believe we do. And we will save that discussion for why we disagree for a later point. I really hope yeah. that didn't come. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I just saw a blinking light on my router, and I was like, did he just go away, and now I'm ranting alone? <laughs> um, but no, you you were still here. Perfect. Uh, yeah. We can go on about Mary at a different point in the Gospels, because there's really one verse in the Gospel that, depending on how you interpret it, would put Mary as the mother of all Christendom, or just Jesus following a Jewish tradition. Yeah, and I, it, um... it comes in John, so we can have that discussion later. Yes, when uh, Jesus on the cross tells the disciple, you know, here's your mother. Correct. I, 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 um, I just want to mention this here because I'll know I'll forget it <laughs> by John. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't I, I don't keep notes. They just uh, they just come to me sometimes. Oh, um, yeah. Oh. Uh, not saying that uh, my thoughts are from the Holy Spirit. I'm just saying that my mind is an enigma uh, and I hope God fixes it. Uh, but we, we, I just, I think what's interesting here is that it's not Jesus is disrespecting his mother or his brother, but saying, hey, you know, he loves his family, obviously. You know, he would die for them. I mean, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> Jesus dies for everybody, including his family. Spoiler alert. Jesus loves everybody. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to spoil alert. all this stuff. But, you, um, you just spoiled the next, what, 11 episodes we have planned? I just spoiled the best thing of all time. Sorry, guys. Uh, I just spoiled The Chosen. Uh, you literally just spoiled the greatest love story ever told. I mean, come on, man. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, but I think what's interesting is he's not disrespecting them. He's saying, you know, more than what's more important than biological bonds is the spiritual bond between the, the, the regenerate Christian and the Father in Heaven. That's what's most important. Because without that, I like... If let's say hypothetically I have a brother, I only have stepbrothers. That's it. But let's say hypothetically I have a biological brother, and he doesn't believe in Jesus. Am I more of a brother to him or to you, Stephen? And I would say I'm a more of a brother to you, Stephen, because we are brothers in Christ, and that is a much more important bond than right. Than no, I would biological bond. Not, I, not to, I don't not to, like not to like punch away biological bonds, but I, I... but it's you know. I mean, you're speaking to me, you're preaching, preaching to the choir. Uh -huh, I mean, yeah. come yeah. on, like, a, yeah, a bond made on earth is 
can be a hundred or a thousand times stronger than a bond made in a womb. Yeah. I mean, not to say, not, not any disrespect, you know, my family yeah. is one of the most important things to me. It's just my family grows larger every day. And, you know, who do I consider family? But, you know, the people who I work with are family to me. I would say that 100%. And the people I go to church with are family to me. I would 100% say that. Yeah. And my brother, my mom, stepdad, grandpa, great-grandma, great-aunt, you know, they're all my family, obviously. Yeah, I you mean, I, I don't mean to be uh, a nerd here, but there is that what, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 or whatever. I, uh, I, oh, oh, you mean the most commonly repeated trope in a movie. No, you're not just family, to, or you're not just my friends. You're my family. Well, no, not not that. No, just just a forewarning. I haven't watched a Marvel movie in years. I never watched. It's useless. I don't. I don't care about them. But there is a scene I've seen as a meme or on YouTube or whatnot where it's like this blue guy says to uh, the 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 important guy, the main hero, the the white guy. Uh, for lack, I don't. I don't know what <laughs> Star Lord? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's Star Lord. You're right with his name, but I like how the blue guy refers to is actually blue. Yeah, Meanwhile, no. the white guy refers to just a man of the caucus. Yeah, no. So Star Lord and this blue guy. I think this blue guy was like his adoptive father. He says, um, you know, he 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 says the 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 Star Lord fellow. You know, he's. You know, he might have been your father, but he's not your daddy, whatnot. Actually, I saw this on a Christian meme, now that I think about it. this I, I remember this exact meme that you're talking about. But it, I think it's it's important to realize, you know, spiritual bonds are a lot more important. Um, not that, you know, biological aren't important, but it's it's to a point of yeah, Christ over, you know, other stuff. Um, but I think, uh, let's see, another thing uh, I, uh, Yeah, I was going to say, um, I'm sure we've all heard the saying, blood is... Uh, Sean, do you know the origin of... Yeah, yeah, blood of the water, uh, blood of the womb is thicker than uh, something, but something, something, something. Very, very close. The full version of that is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the womb. Yeah. You know, we saying the blood is thicker than water is that family relationships are closer than relationships you make versus what the actual phrase is is the f relationships you choose and the relationships you form can be closer than those formed just out of biological no the relationships you choose to form are closer than those that you ju form just by being related to someone that's not to say that you can't have that close and spiritual relationship with someone you are related to that is saying that just because you share genetic material i don't like the way i worded that uh just because you share dna with i don't like the way i word that either just because you're related by blood does not mean you are close does not mean that they are an important person in your life it is the way they have acted towards you and the way you have acted towards them and the relationship you have formed with them that has made that important in your life yeah definitely oh i think that's the end of chapter 12 i suppose that right? is the end of 12 yes let's go on 13 i guess oh god yes um 
so just go through this. Uh, oh, it seems 13 is very much the parable chapter. Yes, uh, it is. Now, just to uh, go over them quite briefly, um, and not a verse-by-verse -verse study, um, because then there would be... How many how many chapters is there in Matthew? Then we 28. Have 28 uh, episodes on Matthew alone. Um... Which would not be so bad. I heard content train. I heard content train. Content um. train. Oh, yeah. But I would suppose, just to go over this quite briefly, parables. What's the... We won't go over the individual parables unless something, like, interests you, Stephen. But I think what's, what's important here is why does Jesus use parables? What's the point behind all of this? It's because Jesus uses parables in a way to reach people. I mentioned this before. To reach people that... You know, they aren't, uh, you know, when I say spiritual, I don't mean like new age, spiritual mumbo jumbo. I mean like Holy Spirit, <laughs> right? Well, They're not, because, I mean, because, because so many people want to be like, oh yeah, I'm spiritual, but I'm not Christian or I'm spiritual and I'm new age and rocks and schmocks and whatnot. But the only <laughs> rocks, the only true way to get actual spiritual like the only correct spirituality is through christ any other way is mumbo jumbo and is either satan based or is man based so two bad things so god is jesus which is god uh, spoiler alert jesus uh, all right yeah god. i was going to i was going to say all right now here's a challenge to how can how can you say that jesus is the only way to be when you could also try to do or go through the father or through the holy spirit but Jesus said he was the only way. <laughs> the only way to the Father is through me. Very well. Very well. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, the Trinity. Spoiler alert: yeah. the Trinity exists. Um, another spoiler. Oh God, we could dedicate so much time to talk about the Trinity and still well, never understand it. Well, uh, yeah, true. Um, <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> uh, any 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 explanation of it is incomplete. Uh, I think. Understand it, but it's it's not like you completely understand it. Anyway, I think but, the best and most complete understanding of it is that the most holy Trinity is under no obligation to our mortal minds. Yeah, definitely that. It's it's also just how can you understand something that's you know infinite when you're finite? Exactly. But yeah, uh, but I think, uh, so with the parables and stuff like that, I think uh, an important reason that Jesus used them was simply to talk to, you know, people that, you know, they're all, they're all Jewish, you know, they all go to the, to the synagogue once a, once a uh, week on Saturday, maybe they go a couple other times, you know, um, but these are mainly people that deal with outside work. These aren't your Pharisees, these aren't your Sadducees, these are not your educated folk. These are your farmers. These are your laborers. These are your craftsmen, right? You know, your your any type of craftsman. So they're used they're used to, you know, wheat. They're used to mustard seeds. They're used to weeds. They're they're used to these stuff. So Jesus explains in a way that they're that they're used to. Right? And I mean, even to take it a step back, how do you explain something to a child? Exactly. You, you explain it in a simple way, and the way you under, they'll understand you do. When talking about 
don't know. When you're talking about anything, you 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 have to explain. Oh. You have to figure out. Okay, what does my audience know, and how can I talk to this audience? Because you're not going to talk to eight-year-olds the same. You're going to talk to thirty-two-year-old professors or some crap. I mean, how far are you going to stretch the definition of parable? Because you could argue that a parable to teach Spanish is door the explorer. Yeah, I mean, I think a parable certainly within what we're talking about is just, just um, you know, what Jesus called parables. I mean, obviously, what is a parable? Parables is like a, a, a story used to explain something. Yeah, I mean, and by I, the I, way that... Good. By the way, that Jesus taught or used a parable that was a story to pit hat. Wow, that wasn't words. <laughs> the way that Jesus used parables was to a story to teach a lesson. Yeah. And why do we use stories to teach a lesson? Because the thought that it happened makes it easier for human minds to understand. Whether or not it truly happened, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean... Oh, yeah, because definitely he's not talking about a literal, you know, yeah. like mustard seed. He's not talking about a literal uh, well, sower. He's not talking about weeds. The, I, the parable of the mustard seed is a really interesting one because it's not... tiny, yo. Yeah, that one isn't a story. That one is just explaining, you know, how powerful faith is. And it's using a visual, a mustard seed, one of the smallest, the smallest seed on earth, you know, a mustard seed. And, you know, faith, even just, I think it's the smallest. It's one of the smallest. It's, it's tiny. tiny. That's what it is. It's average size. It's tiny, right? Um, it's, 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 it's crazy. I, this is the only parable I'm going to really, like, talk, talk yeah. about. It's could... tiny. And what... Christ is saying he's not telling a story of a mustard seed that went on to go and move him out. He's yeah. telling the story of someone's faith. And their faith, if you you know could quantify faith, then their faith would have been the size of, of a just a mustard seed, mm -hmm. which is so which is tiny. You know, it's fractionally anything. Yeah. And even faith of that size could move a mountain. Even yeah. faith of that size was so powerful it could shape the earth. Yeah, I I think definitely. And mustard seeds, yeah. I I mean just to just to clarify this to any listeners, mustard seeds are very small. I mean we've already beat this horse like dead on how small they are. But I I understood this parable so much more when I started gardening and when I started doing agricultural stuff. And and man, it's so crazy because I understand all all of these <laughs> parables even more when I when I start planting stuff and I start having the weed stuff and when I start having to plant stuff. But mustard seeds, I I had to plant carrot seeds. They are almost as small as mustard seeds, and you don't understand how small they are. It it, it is it is small. And I mean, even with all this stuff, I I mean, I mentioned Jesus spoke like this way. Because they were farmers, they knew the outdoors. They, and if they weren't farmers, their family was, their friends were, you know, maybe their mother-in-law was, father-in-law. They all knew this stuff. This is all stuff that they were acquainted with. Everybody knew how small mustard seed was. It's not like right now where the mustard most people know is the ground-up stone Dijon, maybe Poupon <laughs> or whatever, right? A, that's the, a must. That's a the must mustard people know. 
Yeah. A mustard seed is about one to two millimeters in size. Yeah. Or if you're using the proper form of measurement, 0 0.039 to 0 0.079 inches in diameter. Yeah. That It's almost incomprehensibly small. I had to Google how big is a mustard seed to get the yeah. size. And the picture has someone holding a mustard seed between their thumb and their hand, or thumb and their pointer fingers, rather. And I can't see the seed between their th thumb and pointer. There is their fingers look like they're touching. It's small. Yes, and the point that is the for our Spanish listeners. <laughs> the that is the only parable that Jesus tells that is not a story, but a demonstrate or a visual. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's definitely it, once you understand the whole thing be between the size of the mustard seed, it, it really is like. Oh, so, I mean, even the go-in-depth with this, there was, there's obviously the, the written-down account of the man saying to Jesus, you know, help my unbelief, uh, I believe, help my unbelief, right? That right. guy had belief, but he knew he had unbelief, and so he, he's asking God, he's asking Jesus, you know, help my unbelief, I, I believe in you, but help it, help me, right? And that's such a small amount of faith, but even with that, guess what happened? His son was healed. And I'm not saying, oh, okay, now every son will be healed, but God works with very... God, God works with nothing. To be honest with you, no, none, none of us are worth anything. We're all crap, but he works with crap and makes it into like, a shiny thing of gold. Exactly. Anyway, regardless. Yes. So, parables are, you know, stories, and... Really, the moral of all those stories is Jesus is Lord, and follow him, and you shall return to the Father. Yeah. Fourteen. Fourteen. Wow, uh, we're breezing through these. <laughs> we are. Uh, we start off chapter 14 with the death of John the Baptist. Ooh, downer right there. Yes. Um, Say that in such a short, short way. I mean, it's it's really... I mean, it's... I was gonna say a me metaphor. It's not a metaphor, but I, I look at this and I see, wow, it's just like Christians. You know, this John the Baptist went to do the godly thing. He went to go tell, the uh, the figure in power. And I'm not saying go and tell all the figures in power. Yada yada yada. That's your own personal decision. But I'm saying John the Baptist went to this guy. He knew he was probably gonna be killed, and yet he still went. Right. The reason John the Baptist was in prison. Right. It's a couple chapters before, is because, well, actually, I don't know if it's in Matthew, but it's in the Gospels. The reason John the Baptist was arrested was because he told John the Baptist, because uh, John the Baptist told John, John the Baptist told Herod, um, that he couldn't have his brother's wife. Now, just to clarify, right? Yeah. Just you said Herod, and I wanted to bring this. There's so many Herods. Herod, the this Herod that imprisoned and killed John the Baptist is the son of Herod the Great. I wish they would come up with different names. Herod, yeah, right, monarchs, am I right? Um, Herod the Great was the one who slaughtered all the babies when Jesus was born. Two different Herods, one right after the other. Yeah, it's, um... It... Kings I, I I and names before. are bad. No, 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 it's not just the kings. Everybody was named the same thing. There was two Judas. Oh, yes. 
There was so many Johns. Like, you'd think they would... I, say I mean, this. I say this, and then I know, like, three people named Sean, so I'm not going to really, yeah. really hate, oh, but I yeah. mean, it's so many people named the same thing that they oh, had yeah. to ha come up with nicknames for everything. Like, oh, man. But anyway. But, yeah, I, I think it's it's certainly, you know, you got to sometimes preach even though, even though you know that, you know, you're going to... You're gonna get screwed up sometimes. Maybe not death, but mocked. You know, you're not. You most likely you're not gonna die in America for preaching the gospel, right? Yeah, there's a yeah. Uh, there's a couple times you might, right? There's definitely there's been shootings of churches, there's yeah. been bombings of churches. Yeah. More um, often, it's, you're, it's more mockery. likely that you're not yet going to be killed in the United States. Yeah, you're more yeah. likely to get mocked than anything, but. That still sucks. It's never fun getting mocked. I say that from personal experience. Mm -hmm. But it, it's it's always you know you got a job, you got to do it. You can't you can't be playing around with being like oh I don't know because there might be bad consequences. John the Baptist knew there was gonna be bad consequences, and what did he do? He walked right up to that guy and said, "Yo, you're not allowed to do this," <laughs> and he got jailed and then he got killed. Um. But yeah, I think that's important right there. Yes, he was, yes, that's right. He was jailed because he refused to marry uh, Herod think, and... Yeah, because he, he was he was telling... It, it wasn't because he refused to marry them, but because uh, Herod had taken his brother's wife. I don't know if right. his brother's wife was... If his brother was dead, I don't, I don't think so. I, think I don't he, know if Philip was dead yet, but... I don't think so. He had... There is that old uh, Old Testament thing where... You know, you're supposed to take your brother's wife in case you know, you know they haven't right. had kids yet. So I, I, I presume he's still alive. If he's still alive, this is messed up. This right. is like super messed up. And so I, I think it, it's just such a disgusting thing. I mean, yes. But, I mean the the push on ahead. And um, then, yes, push on ahead past the decapitation. Yeah. John the Baptist. Not fun. Um, Not fun. Oh, the 5, fun. <laughs> Fun. I love food. Yeah. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they fell. They. F <clears throat> but when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot to, from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. He had compassion for them and healed their sick. Now, yeah. when now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, "This is a desolate place, and now." And the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they need not go away. You give, you give them something to eat. They said to him, but we only have five loaves here and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. And then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to, the, to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. The disciples gave them to the yeah. crowds. And when they all ate and were satisfied, they took up the 12 baskets full of broken pieces left over. And those who ate were 5,000 men besides women and children. Yeah, uh, I think it's, you know, my, my take on it is, wow, I love, I love faith, <laughs> you know. Yes. I, love, I, I, love... I would just want to know... At what point do you think the disciples realized, oh, Jesus multiplied this? 
I don't know, but I, I think what's, what's like, funny. How many people did they feed first? Like, I, I always wonder that when I hear this story. Like, was it because I always thought originally it was, you know, after they took up the 12 baskets of leftovers, that's when they realized. And it's like, how? But I really wonder, you know, when did they realize, oh, this is what's going on? But none of those 5,000 plus men and children, oh, sorry, plus women and children, knew that he multiplied the food. All they knew is that Jesus, all they thought was, let's say, all they knew is that Jesus brought enough food for approximately 10,000, maybe 20,000 people. Well, this Jesus guy must have a ton of food. Wow, this guy had a lot more food than his boat looks like it could bring. Wow, you know, he must be rich. I think what's funny to me is that Jesus does this like two times. And what's hilarious is that by the second time, the disciples completely forget about the first time and are panicking again. (laughs) And that's what I think about every time. I'm like, wow, the disciples are so silly. And then I look at myself and I'm like, I would have done the exact same thing. It's the same thing with... uh, I almost wonder if the disciples was like, he's not going to do it again, is he? He did it again. Wow, more, more, more fish. I wonder if God, like, just made more matter out of nowhere, which is perfectly understandable. He could do that. Or there was, like, a fish that died in, like, the Atlantic Ocean and was immediately transported. (laughs) Like, some, some, like, some proto-Native American was just, like, like, fishing for salmon, and then it just teleported out of his hand. Could you imagine being the, like, Native American who was... You know, he went on his vision quest, and his goal was to bring back a salmon. And he's yeah. running up to his chief. Chief, chief, look, I bring salmon. What the? Oh, no. Well, that's the second time this happened this year. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. Oh, but no, yeah. Uh, oh, Native Americans, that's a good episode. Uh, but, I yes. th- but I think it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, but I, I think that's, it's just, it's really, now, I don't want to be like those people are like, what does this preach to me? But I, I think that this is really a reminder of just, you know, faith. I, I, I really yeah. don't want to be those people. Don't, like, yeah, well, no, well, what does this mean to us? What it sh- I, I think what's more important don't is like. Don't doubt God, yeah. he will provide. Don't yeah. doubt God, he will provide for your every. Whenever you are, you know, take it out of the context of food, you know. When or no, don't take it fully out of the context of food. When your soul is starving for something, God will provide it for you. When your soul is, you know, maybe it's not food. Maybe you're starving for faith. He will build that relationship with you. When your soul is starving for a reason, you know, maybe you're just when you're at the bottom of your life and need a reason to keep going, provide it. Yeah, you know, when you're, nice. yes, you know, when you're, you know, when you miss someone, God will be there in order to provide to you a reason to keep going. Yeah. Uh, not a reason to keep going, rather, when you're missing someone, God will provide to you a chance to see them, or God will provide to you a chance to be reminded of them and why you miss them and why you you're happy about them. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I love fish. Uh, <laughs> but, fish. Oh, actually, I don't like fish. 
can't stand oh, the taste of it. That's your problem. Uh, so walking on water, um, we'll we'll combine this with miraculous healings. Uh, walking on water, I think it's it's just it's so like. I, I look at this first, and I, I'm like, oh, foolish Peter, you know why did he doubt Jesus? And then I look at myself, and I'm like, foolish Sean, why do you doubt Jesus? It's no difference. There's no difference at all. It's 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 one and the same, man. But you know. Yeah. I think it is, you know, another point. I, I've, I don't know if I've talked about it here or not. You know, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And mm-hmm. he said, come. So Peter got out of his boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immedi- Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And then he got, and then they got into the boat, and the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, "Truly, you are the Son of God." But mm-hmm. you know, it shows even when God's challenge, or even when you're following God's command, even when you're following what He desires for you, yeah, you're still. You can still be scared. It is a difficult thing to do. Oh, most no. I mean... If the, the people com- that knew Jesus directly were scared, you know. Yes, you know, it is a difficult thing to do, but Jesus and God will always reach out to save you when you are struggling to follow his path. And it's a beautiful thing, really. You know, don't be, oh, yeah. you, oh, silly Peter, why did you doubt? Oh, lucky Peter, you were saved. Yeah. Oh, lucky Peter! God helped you along His path. It's, I can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. Often, sometimes I'm so like, "Oh, you silly people," and then I look at myself. Though, it's it's definitely. Yes, it's, I mean we're in we're in the same boat. We yeah. are worshiping Jesus, well, but guess. when we're Peter wasn't in a boat. <laughs> well, yeah, we we're in the boat. Peter's yeah. out there, but um, you know, but we're there. You know, we're the ones who worship Jesus when He comes. But when he calls for us to follow him, we do our best. And we can get far, maybe 10, 20 feet on walking across this lake. And then suddenly the winds blow and I see the waves. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And I begin to sink. And I'm like, Lord, please help me. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. And he will reach out his hand and pull me out of the water. He is, even when we struggle on his path, he is beside us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, this is the uh, I, I I not fully. Related. I look at like Peter, and I just to say that oh, silly Peter, because I was going to mention this. I, I I do that same thing with the Israelites sometimes. I'm like, oh, you silly Israelites, you're like, you know, you guys are screwing up again. And then I look at myself and I'm like, oh, I'm screwing up again, right? It's it's the same thing. So I mean, it's really. Not to focus on the Israelites, but more to focus on the disciples. It's just a, it's a constant going to God, even when you screw up. You know, oh, you you get you curse out this guy. Okay, go to God. You, you doubt God. Uh, that you doubt that, you know, praising God is good. Okay, go to God and repent. But it's it's just about going to God. You know. Yes, exactly. Um. Yeah. And let's see. Miraculous uh, healings. I mean. Jesus healed. <laughs> Jesus does this so many times throughout the gospel. 
especially earlier in this gospel, we have covered, you know, how miraculous his healings is, what it means. I mean, that horse isn't twitching anymore. It's more like horse goo. Horse goo. It's glue, actually, by this point. It is glue. Very well. Uh, traditions and commandments. Um, then Pharisees... Then... Yeah. Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor, that, honor your mother and your father. And whoever revels, in the, whoever revels in the father or mother must die. But you say, If anyone tells his father or mother... What you would have gained from me is given to God. He need not honor his father. For the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites. When did Isaiah prophesy to you? He's, well, did, well, did Isaiah prophesy to you when he said, this people, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines of the commandments of men. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, we talked about it last last time as well. You know, honor thy mother and thy father, but don't put them above God. Don't put yeah. them before God. You know, and it's hard at times to sit there and say. Am I honoring my father? Am I honoring my mother? Or am I putting them above God? Or yeah, is I this, think... or to say, is this following God or is this dishonoring my parents? Yeah, it I is think... hard at times to say that. It is hard at times to do that. But we must not follow the doctrines of men. We, you know, if you say, but you say, if anyone tells his father or mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God. He would not need he need not honor his father. Yeah, I think really what God Jesus is going at here is really don't use the God as an excuse for stuff, you know? Right. Don't, don't don't be like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I can't feed you guys when you're old because um well, I gave all my money to God, so I guess it sucks if you want to if you Take it up with him. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's <laughs> but, that's. What's, but at the same time, what he's saying is, get ready for this. Context is important. Yeah, obviously, because if you look at the verses that are like, you know, hate your mother and father and your sister, you're gonna think, actually hate. But no, but I, it, it's 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 to the point. Right, sorry about that. <laughs> it's to the point. <laughs> is it, to the point where Jesus is saying, you know. Don't use God as a as an excuse. Don't 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 be doing this stuff because it's it's stupid. Yeah. Exactly. I mean. What defiles a person? There we go. This one I want to read line by line. Mm-hmm. And he called the people to him to him and he said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. Then the disciples came to him came and said to him do you know what the pharisees were offended were offended when they heard his saying he answered every plant is, that my heavenly father has not planted will be rooted up let them alone they are blind guides and if the blind lead the blind both will fall into a pit mm. but peter said to him 
explain the parable to us. He said, and he said, are you also still without understanding? Do you need, do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled, but whatever comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart and this defiles a person for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Yeah. Now, what defiles a person? It's not what you... You know, it's not that you don't follow everything in the Old Testament to a T. It's that you choose to follow them in such a way that allows you to be and still call someone else on being evil. No, it's, I mean it's a hatred of it's sin. Uh, yes, in, in its essence. I mean it's. it's and Jesus uh, isn't saying don't wash your hands. Like I said earlier, context I, I, is well, important. I don't wash my hands, but that's beside the point. Sean, <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, Jesus isn't saying don't wash your hands. Clearly. You know, you know, in certain cases, it is better to wash your hands than not. In all cases, it's better to wash your hands than not. But what he's saying is do not put precedence on the small things when the big thing is what is important. Do, yeah. not, turn, do not turn and yell at someone for doing something small and then go and be the evil, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. You know, don't no, I think be can. the evil in the world. Basically, that faith of a Canaanite woman. Yeah, faith of a Canaanite woman. This important because, once again, context, context, context. If you don't look at, if you're not understanding this, and I, I feel like I feel like such a like a goop when I say, oh, if you don't understand this, but. Sometimes I I've looked at this when I was first a Christian. I was like, "Wow, Jesus, Jesus, kind of mean." Obviously, that that was fixed very early on, but then, um, I, but then actually, I didn't think Jesus was mean. I just didn't understand. I was confused, so I never thought he was mean. Correction, I'm not I'm not trying to lie here, um, <laughs> but there's some people that are like progressive Christians actually quote-unquote, oh no, progressive quote-unquote Christians. Progressive Christians are plainly not Christians. Um, I, and I don't say this to be like, ooh, I know who's a Christian and who's not. I say this because they, they uh, most commonly deny such integral parts of Christianity um, that, uh, well, they kind of screw up the whole thing and therefore it's not Christianity. Um, same, like, with people that are like, oh, Jesus is... And, and, they screw up the whole Jesus thing, and that and that's kind of the one of the most important things about Christianity. That, that is, like, kind of the thing of Christianity. Oh, if they screw up the Jesus thing, you know, can't really can't really have the rest. But it's that people. some people are like, oh, Jesus being racist here. Jesus being racist here. Actually, Jesus, it's the opposite of that, Jesus even. Jesus not being racist here. It's that Jesus, right now, his ministry, his earthly ministry, is not to the people of the earth. Not to the people of Earth. It's not to the not people to the people of, the of Israel. It's, it's it's to it's to Israel. It's to Israel alone. And then after he dies, his disciples go out. 
It's not the time. Like just like Jesus said at the start with wine and uh, at the but, wedding, it wasn't. His Sean, time. are you paying attention? Yeah, I don't. I don't understand where you would get that because it is the disciples who they cast away for, and and he invites her in. Yes, but I, I would say. I would say, look at this with, it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But Jesus is not calling her. That's where I'm looking at right there. Oh, I see, yes. Not not Jesus, because Jesus, obviously, I, the woman was here. He's helping her. But he, he, you look at all this stuff. Jesus doesn't go out to go find Gentiles. He goes out to find the Israelites. And then... Yes, his, I'm, and then I looked disciples. completely over that part, yeah. yes. And then his disciples, once Jesus uh, goes to heaven... Yes. Go, go out to the Gentiles. But that's it's, like a, yes. That's like Jesus isn't saying this woman from Canaan is a pe- uh, is a dog. Is a dog. So. Uh, he, he immediately says, or she then says, yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus answered her, oh, woman, your fa- great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And your daughter was, and her daughter was healed instantly. It is... It is her understanding immediately what you are trying to say. Yes, and I see yeah. now where I was—I had confused it myself. Yeah, no, he is—he no, is using a parable. He is not referring to her as a. Well, I mean, he is referring to her as a dog, but not in the sense that oh, you are from Canaan, like, you're not a oh. human. Rather, in the sense of you know, the children eat before the dog. You know, you feed yeah. the children, then you feed the dog. Yeah, God's going you know, to the Israel. I am here. Yes. else. I am here for some people. Yes, I'm here for my chosen people, and then the rest of the world will be there. If this was saying that, no, only the Israelites would be Christian, I know I wouldn't I'm be screwed. able to be a Christian. Yeah, I'm gone. I'm out. Uh, let me let me check my ancestry DNA. But, yeah. uh, how's, but... how's Neptune doing about now? <laughs> you know? How's, uh, yeah. Oh, how's uh, Lakewood doing? Uh, but it's, 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 it's definitely not Jesus being like, oh, you, you suck. It's, it's, it's Jesus has a covenant with Abraham and with Israel. And so he's going to come to them because he comes through Israel to the rest of the world. Right? And we we even see this at the start that some of the disciples are confused about this. Are we supposed to go to the Gentiles? And then they finally get sent to the Gentiles after Jesus dies and whatnot, right? They get sent to the Gentiles with Paul and with, you know, and all this stuff. But it is it's it's simply Jesus is explaining, "Hey, like you know, the Israelites in this case are children, and the Gentiles are the dogs. And man, I'm more than fine with being dogs, because I'm in the family. <laughs> Even though I'm a dog. <laughs> I, at least I'm eating from the master's table. Yeah, but it, it's that he goes to the, uh, to the Israelites first. Spoiler alert, most of them reject him. Um, if you can't, you know, if you're from New Jersey, you'll see that in Lakewood. Um, but and then, and then he goes to the Gentiles through his disciples. But yeah, so, but people are like, oh, Jesus is calling her a dog. That's racist. When in reality, it's not racist at all because, you know, I don't, I, it, it, like, why would God be racist? He, he, he kind of, like, made everything. But anyway, but for lack of a better term, we won't skip over the healing of many people, but it's there. But we, we all know. We all know. And see, the feeding of 4,000. This is this is what I find so funny. Where could we get enough bread in this desolate place to feed such a crowd? Like, oh, where are you going to get bread? You literally just a couple of months ago 
you just had this bread incident, this bread and fish incident. So, I don't know what you're trying to get at here, disciples. But, yeah. Sean. I think that goes on to 16. Uh, okay, yes. That, uh, that's where I messed up. Okay. Yeah. It's like, yes, we, we'll skip over the healing of many people. And I skipped a page and I was like, what do you mean 4,000? Where are we now? Uh-oh. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think... Oh, the eleven, man! You know, now that I've picked up such niche hobbies, my understanding of biblical parables have has become so much greater. Like now that I un understand bacon, and now that baking, I'm sorry, I don't pronounce my ings. Uh, I don't know where this accent came from. Yeah, I have always understood bacon. Yeah, bacon. Mmm, yummy. Well, the Jewish people wouldn't. Um, <laughs> um, but... Hence, why I'm the dog. Yeah. I I mean if I get bacon and they don't I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complain but but yeah so nah, now that regardless. I am baking and now that I now that I garden and now that I do all this stuff I understand all these niche hobbies I understand parables so much more so if you're if you're listening pick up a niche hobby maybe it'll help you with your biblical study um or don't I don't know I don't care I don't I don't know uh, just just study the Bible regardless but it, it's we have the leaven of Pharisees and Sadducees. And, hint, hint, uh, just, just a brief explanation. What are the Pharisees? What are the Sadducees? They are the religious groups. You have three religious groups during Jesus' time. You have the Pharisees, you have the Sadducees, and then you have the Zealots. Pharisees, uh, crap, I, I get them confused. The Pharisees believed in uh, the resurrection and the spiritual world, while the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. Uh, you, you see that with, I, I might, I might be switching this up, so whatever is the right one, switch it to that one. But the Sadducees are, you see this when they ask Jesus, they're like trying to trick Jesus, like, haha, Jesus, you know, if a woman has seven husbands, you know, one dies and then another one dies and yada, 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 whose, whose wife is she in the resurrection? And Jesus is like, you silly guys, there is no husbands or wives in the resurrection, you're just brothers and sisters. You know, and they and they're like, oh crap, but because the, because they didn't believe in the resurrection, they were just trying to trip up Jesus. But I I think Jesus right here is trying to show, hey, you know, don't get caught up in their don't get caught up in all their stuff, don't get caught up in their teachings because a little bit of their teachings will screw you all up. I mean, that's so 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 true with even worldly stuff right now. You know, why why am I so like anti, you know? Eastern meditation because a little like you, you start with Eastern meditation and then you start thinking about ch ch uh, chakras and then you're like mm, karma rock right? we, we all we all we no rock yeah we all but we all talk about karma every well not me but everyone's like oh yeah bad karma good karma completely unbiblical but how many Christians are like mm, bad karma good karma that is a man-made thing Obviously, there's evil stuff. Obviously, there's good stuff. But karma isn't real. Or even Eastern meditation is bad because, well, one, it's, it, it, you know, it, it, it's basically you're trying to empty your mind. But we just went over a verse a little bit ago. If a guy empties his mind but doesn't put anything in there, what happens? Seven, seven evil spirits will come in and wreck the place up, right? Oh. I, what I, is Western meditation if not empty the mind? 
I think uh, I think a, a a a proper Christian meditation is to you know forget about other stuff, look at the Bible and meditate on that. That's okay. What, yeah, that's yeah. What, that's oh, West, do. Western meditation is not completely entering the mind. Eastern Western yeah. meditation, emptying the mind but guarding it against those away from those yeah. who are not the Father, those who are not the Son, those who are not the Spirit. I think it's just so many Christians are like, oh, I'll just take a little bit of the spirituality over here, and then they, and then they bring in the whole Trojan horse of crap. Yes. <laughs> For lack of a better term, yes. um, they bring in the whole spang. Um, but I, I think it's just a Christian needs to be careful. I mean, it, if you, if you mess with foreign stuff, if you mess with unbiblical stuff, you're gonna get screwed. And that's not saying, oh, never talk to a non-Christian. No. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, Eastern meditation. Don't do that crap. Um, you know, yoga where it's about spiritual awakening. Don't do that crap. Because what do, spirit are you awakening? <laughs> uh, don't do yoga for the point of spiritual awakening. It's not to say yoga is bad by any means. I mean. Like like spiritual yoga, bad yoga for the stretch of a uh, stretch for the point of stretching. Not yes. bad. Yeah. Like context matters. There oh. we go. There we Love go. That. We're back. Yeah. All right. The f oh Sadukas Saduko Sadducees Sadducees. Yes, you said the word only seven times. Oh. Uh, I was not the way I was, I was wondering where I was at. <laughs> yeah, no, I have literally the next verse. It's just in mind. It's called the Pharisees and the Sadducees demand signs. You said it so many times. I was not picturing that spelling. And I yeah. also first read it as the Pharisees seduce and demand signs. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh -oh. I don't remember this part. Uh, but, this um, isn't the Song of Solomon. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, I think what's funny here is also, uh, the, the disciples are confused when Jesus is talking about this leaven, because they're like, oh, we didn't bring any bread, and Jesus is like, come on, guys, come on, I, I've been talking about parables for years, how are, how are you confused about this, right? Um, <laughs> they're, they're that one friend that you make, like, a figure of speech, and like, really, it was 10,000 is in your face? And what? Wow. How'd you count that many? <laughs> How'd you count that many? You dug all the way to China? What the heck? Hey, it's me. I'm that friend, but anyway. No, okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Ah, Tom, welcome. Hey, Tom. Hey, how's it going? Good, 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 good. Um, but yeah. I, I can't that long, so I got some work to do, but um. Of course, of course, of course. We are on Matthew, Matthew 16. 16. Yeah, 16. Uh, but yeah. Hold so, me, I'm not sitting in front of a Bible right now. What is that? You have a computer. Um, yeah, give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just to jump ahead really quick. So confession of the Messiah. Right. Wow. I think I think Jesus, you know, Jesus being confessed as the Messiah. You know, this is like, you know, Peter, you know, is getting all these things. Uh, in his oh, this is the rock verse. Yes, I love this part because we've been we've Where been referring we? to um. 16, Matthew 16:13. 16, 16, yes, because 13. this whole time we've oh, been 16:13. Re 
Uh, but this whole time, we've been referring to Simon as Peter. And now he goes again. Oh, this is my favorite part of the Bible. Yes. Of the Gospels. Is when yes. Jesus just straight up reassigns names to a couple of his followers just because he felt like it. That's oh, my okay. favorite part of the Bible. No, this is what Sean has been complaining about this whole time. They need to come up with new mean? names. No, no. This no, is the best they, part. Jesus yes. the, Jesus' no, no, is Tom, most Tom, alpha Tom. move. Tom, this whole time, Sean has, compl- has been complaining that they need to come up with new names. And here's Jesus listening to Simon talk and say, you're Peter now, bud. Bro, you're Peter now. Jesus' most alpha move, literally looking them dead in the eye and just going, hey, hey, you know that name people have been calling you your entire life? You're, Switch you're it up. Now. Switch Peter it up. Now. Because I, I don't remember who – it's not any – It's not. I've never talked about this fully in the podcast, but it, it's been – been with someone else but it, it's the fact that there's so many I, i've talked about the similar name thing but the the similar names is because you would be named after your grandfather or your father, right you would be named after someone in your family, family. however you it's just after you've that, been complaining yeah. this whole time and this is it this is your reward bask yeah. in it I, but i think this is such a interesting thing because obviously we have you know, the disciples, even even before Jesus, some of them had nicknames. We know that, right? Some of them had Hebrew names. Some of them had Greek names. But I, I think what's so interesting is that this isn't like a unique thing of God, uh, of Jesus just given like, oh, one person, a new name. Um, Abram, uh, Abraham. Abraham, Abraham. Uh, Sarah, or Sarai, Sarai. Yeah. Yeah, Sarai. Sarai, um, Sarah. Jacob to else, Israel. Uh, Israel. Jacob to Israel. Yep. Yes. God thing, is just but... tired of repeated well, names. He, names he renames he says, a couple other dudes, stop. if I remember correctly. This yeah. is just God repeatedly saying, stop reusing the names. It's like he's he's giving them, I guess in a sort of way, he's giving them a new, like... Yes, it's them being identity. born again in his yeah, in God's image. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a completely new way of life them which is you know signified by the fact that you know they're no longer they're saying, abraham you know, they're abraham or they're no longer jacob they're israel you know th- this well, like, stuff, if you think about it your name is who, who you, you it's, it's who you are right so yeah. he's basically saying he's basically saying you know like i understand that this is what you've been for your whole life but you know basically you're you're with me now um and they're all like kind of like yeah that that's what we're doing now and they had, you know, they accept it and, and go with it. So, I think, uh, you know, I, I guess it is probably one of God's most alpha moves. Not gonna lie, but uh, you know, it's like, it's him saying like, "This is who you are now. Come with me." Mm-hmm. You know, where it you're better now. Things are better now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I I think uh, this is also an interesting verse because of the the on this rock I will build my church thing. Um, oh, which is that is, this verse? Oh, yeah. this is... Yeah, so this is, is the verse where Catholics believe that Jesus set the Pope. You know, St. Peter was the first Pope of the Catholic Church. And this is where that is established. And it was all good until John Paul II established the Novus Ordo, and they really messed it up. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say we'll, we'll talk about the... I think that's a good episode. We'll talk about the... Since we're not oh, the papacy, about, yes. Papacy, we, could, not... we could talk about the Novus Ordo. That that deserves an episode of itself. Oh my lord, that's a mess. Since we're not talking about, we weren't talking about Mary today. We'll also talk about the papacy sometimes. Yes. Um. But yeah, I um, 
I'd say also just, let's see, you know, this is, this chapter is filled with stuff, obviously. Oh, but, yes. But oh, yes. obviously with all this stuff, we're just, brief summary, you know, one day maybe we'll release as a, as side episodes, like a verse by verse study of everything. I would I do that. Yeah, I, I would, but we definitely... Once we've run out of ideas. We... All right, sadly, friends, I gotta go. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully, oh no, I won't be. I'm uh, I'm gonna be in the middle of nowhere for the next month, so I actually won't be on any future. Uh, we'll probably see week. you back during March, like, mid, mid to late August. Or Luke, maybe yeah. we'll see you back again in Luke. Yeah, I'll listen in. I'll listen in. I, I'll be I, here. I'll be here yeah. in spirit. Don't yes. be, don't be eaten by bears. Peace. Have a good one. Have a good one. A pleasure, Stay Jim. safe. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. It won't let me leave. Oh, there. <laughs> and with, <laughs> and uh, with uh, Tom's uh, five minutes of fame, I believe do believe it is time to. Oh, I'm. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not done. Okay, Sean I Ramp. Got, I got ears. I got ears of no, but uh, I think something interesting, really quick. Um, nothing like completely, um, completely like ground change and i'm not going to talk about taking up your cross or resurrection or stuff like that which is the final part of this like that like obviously take up your cross but don't be like oh i had to feed my kids today that's taking up my cross that's not what that means stop using this uh, stop using stuff in the wrong way come on guys um stop doing I'm things calling wrong. myself i'm calling myself out there um <laughs> but but uh, i what i want to talk about is just a, a neat um greek thing really quick is Peter was told, get behind me, Satan. Uh, I, I think that's just interesting because it's not it's not completely like, oh, is, is Jesus saying, you know, Peter is, you know, possessed by Satan? Well, there's a couple disagreements with, like, uh, different, um, not teachers, different uh, studiers of this. There is the, the view where it is, you know, Peter is... is possessed by satan but there is also the view that jesus might be using the word satan as an adversary because satan means adversary literally right right it's, it's right a, right it's a, it's a title but it's also like you know you could call like a, an enemy right. satan Satan. Uh, we could have another episode about, about that the seven kings of hell but yeah none of them are truly named satan but yeah it's uh so i think that's just interesting that's what i want yes. to end off on yeah i mean that is a good way to end off out or bidding or <clears throat> that is a good way to end off barring our announcements um yeah. like our twitter page, Woo! Twitter page. um yeah I, I started working on a twitter page uh, we'll be uploading more content there as well as onto our instagram um oh, now, watch out or, for a lot of contact in this content on the instagram in this upcoming week yes we'll be um using them to launch you know Side studies apart from our episode because our really aren't long enough. Um, yeah, uh, thank you all for listening. Sean, would you like to lead the prayer today? Oh, uh, sure. Short prayer. Uh, God, dear God, thank you so much for this episode. Thank you so much for, you know, the scripture that we're able to talk about. Uh, thank you so much that we live in a country where we're freely able to talk about scripture and that we're not restricted by any uh, man-made power. Um, please help our brothers and sisters, though, that are prohibited, uh, prohibited to talk about scripture. Countries such as China, Iran, uh, North Korea, or even unlikely places like India. One would not suspect that, but 
more Christians are killed in India than many other countries, O oh Lord, and we just pray that you protect our brothers and sisters. And even if you don't protect our brothers and sisters, we pray that you give them the confidence to stand up to these evil powers, these evil powers that work against you, that are corrupted by the enemy. We pray for brothers and sisters in even countries where they're not being slaughtered, they're not being killed, but they're being mocked by the people. They're being mocked and, and hated upon. We pray for those that you would give them the confidence. Um, we, um, we pray for the believers, specifically in America. We pray for a revival in this nation. We pray that you just continue the work as you always do. And whether there be a revival of this generation or next generation, we just pray that you work and set up what you set up. And we, we pray that you give us the confidence to do what you would want us to do. Um, and we pray for um, just in general, this podcast and our listeners, oh Lord, that you would protect our listeners, that we you would protect our hosts, and that you would just um, help us to follow what your will is for our life. And um, help us to be truly biblical Christians, Christians that are not following the will of man, that are not following um, what man-made stuff is, but we look at the Bible and we say, okay, this is what I believe. I don't believe in man-made hoopla, but I believe in God and his word. And so we just pray that uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you, Sean, for joining me. When this is uploaded, John and... Yeah. That was audible. Um, have a wonderful day. Uh, God bless you. God bless our listeners. God bless the rest of our hosts who couldn't make it tonight. Um, yeah, thank you all.